G'day guys, this is a, a special viewers questions only as we've got a, like, way too many and we're trying to get through all of them so we, um, you know, if you can be bothered writing them in, we're going to be bothered reading them out and trying to answer them. Um, we're going to start with what Pistol's been up to, what Pistol's going to get up to this week. So <laughs> Pistol's apparently got a new phone because he lost his, he's got to go get a driver's license. Um, how, how have you kept in contact with her or you haven't given that you don't have a phone and you lost all your, your stuff? Uh, there's a very simple answer to that, Jack, and it's that I don't. No, um, WhatsApp web works well. You can just use your phone on the, online. Ah, beautiful. There you go. That's the first tip for anyone playing at home, younger blokes. Yeah. Or older blokes. Single blokes. Any blokes, really. Um, <laughs> can, um, can stewards retrieve those messages on that platform? Oh, it'd be so good if they called him in and they, they put him in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in the confidential part, you know, not not in the <laughs> on the social pages. Oh, everyone will be googling. What does this mean? You know what the, the best part is, though. This is the best part about having the merch is that you can represent on and off the track if you're allowed off the track or on the track. Anyway, yeah, uh, rumours are P's already lost a jumper. So um, <laughs> if you're in Perth and you see a short. Blonde bird walking around in a blue crew with a mailbag written across the front. Can you try and get it off her and get it back to Pete? Get in touch. DM him on Twitter, which he's always on. Viewer questions, <laughs> Peter. Let's start it. Okay. Uh, this is from JB. Gentlemen and girls, there seems to be a trend of every jock wanting to go as slow as possible. Sprint races, staying trips, it doesn't seem to matter. Is it a reflection of jocks being pinched for going too fast, i.e. trying to win a race? or more pressure on jocks from trainers to avoid gut busters early in the preparation. Cheers, JB. I'd say it's a, a historical and cultural misunderstanding of, of the most efficient way to win a horse race. Trainers are obsessed with cover, which which is only going to lead to slower tempos. And as we've talked about and seen, stewards uh, find it a lot easier to... Uh, investigate and and target a jockey for going too quick than for a jockey for going too slow. So all those factors lead to what's the most likely outcome. The most likely outcome is the jockey to go slower than faster. That would be my opinion. Okay. Uh, my opinion is that jockeys can't count, so they don't know how fast or slow they are going. Um, that too. <laughs> I, I might, maybe a little different at the top end, but uh, like it the elite level, but at your run-of-the-mill meeting that I attend and bet on, um, they don't know. It's the only plausible explanation for what the data tells you. I don't mind that. Yeah, I think that's different in Victoria, but like what you said, that's the, they're, the, they're the elite riders. Okay. They are indeed. Let's move on to a question from Rob. First of all, comment. He said, Jack, thanks for pushing Ethan Brown over the last few weeks. Encouraged him to back floating artist at Mooney Valley. Uh, but the question, how do you guys track your bet amounts and wins so that you can track your profit on turnover? Do you have an Excel spreadsheet or some other template? Cheers, Rob. Uh, there are quite a few good online free downloads that you can get that where you can input your, your data for, for what you've bet and so forth. And I know certainly early days, I like to keep track of certain factors with regards to distances, track, state, and I think those were the main ones actually, and number of bets per race. Um, so I like to keep track of those. I went up to about 
850 odd races that I'd bet into and just came to a good conclusion as to where my better strike rate was so I could focus attention on those races early. But yeah, there's there's heaps of spreadsheets. Longer term, you can strip back the data to whatever you think is most relevant and most important, which is obviously the, which the ledger. It, which would be something to, to outsource. Yeah. You've got to you've got to collect the data yourself, but I'd then get someone else to look at it. Yeah. Um, the 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 sort of sheets that we all use has a tab in it called like bet sheet, which is where a lot of the decisions are sort of the final decisions are made for my for me, my, the way Jackson and I especially do it. So there's and then every race meeting we do in Victoria, which is every meeting, and any bets it's saved. So you're getting every bit of data via that. So if if you want to go and send it off to someone to assess, you've got distance everything peter just spoke about trainer stage of prep everything up in grade down in grade anything and um i'd keep a separate rec- recording of just your totals and your bank you know like betfair is really good at tracking your bets like the best i'd say yep. by mile yeah yeah you can just sort of click in the last seven days your last month and then you can break that down as hard as you want to um yeah pretty simple yeah for me for a for a website that just has basic uh, betting tracker spreadsheets. Um, just go to ozsportsbetting.com slash tools and there's a variety of different spreadsheets and betting calculators that may be um, useful to you like arbitrage, hedging, dutching and those types of calculators as well, which yeah. are all good tools. Good advice. All right, this is from Chris Winter, the Ruffy King. Uh, what trainers, jockeys and or jockey trainer combos are hot and not running hot into the spring carnival? Dickens, you've sort of mentioned a few of these uh, with G Hall and RSN over the last few weeks. Yeah, I, the short answer is I don't know. The long answer, which isn't much longer than short, but it is. <laughs> I'm just going to start to be a little bit more trusting of the the bigger trainers who are, who are going awful. So the Danny O'Briens, um, etc. These guys, you know, like I, I expect them to improve when the prize money does the same with the riders so i spoke about last week it's not so much the combos for me but i'm i'm going to avoid backing um apprentices on saturdays and probably wednesdays and the next little bit try to avoid um so i just think the better riders come back and there's more intensity and, and more pressure and they get thrown out the back until they get to that level um but you can still find an edge like like declan bates for example is last hundred is, is he's going really really well and he, and he wins at Caulfield so I wouldn't no, dream of calling him an A-grade rider but he's riding as good as the A-grade riders currently so he's in a hot patch and then it's a question of how long is he going to maintain that for is it going to stop as the better riders focus a little bit more which mm-hmm. is traditionally what would happen or is he sort of going to go to that next level so they're the sort of uh, intangibles you're trying to mm-hmm. weigh up if that makes any sense um, that makes sense to me, Jack. Thank you. I think, uh, um, I think the conclusion that I've come to is that I've quoted this a million times before. Brent and Abdullah knocked down the inside fence in a million-dollar race to get a gap to win. And then after the race, when he was being praised for his heroics, he said, the race was a million dollars. What do you think I was going to do? Right? Human nature. They're trying. Saying that. There's also a couple, there's plenty of examples of good jockeys that will sort of, their horse will be half slow away or whatever else in a good race. They're not going to gas it from the 800 and take off and try and circle them because they can't win doing that in that class. So they ride for luck. Sometimes they're stiff. Sometimes they get it and they're geniuses. I think 
like to answer the question in following the jockeys that are going to run hot, the best jockeys are going to get the most luck and they're the ones that are going to be winning these big races. So they're going to get the best rides. And that's, I'm not sure whether it's a combo, but trust the big stables, trust the big jockeys, I think. You you touch on a great point though that I should have mentioned is I'm going to avoid as well the, the, the gun riders when I think they have a map where they're going to get back and buried because they're not for the next month, say, going to push out or go through Three the inside times. fence like Abdullah's done, right? They're going to be very cautious because they do not want to get rubbed out because this is when they, like, this is when, like, Craig Williams or Dame Oliver will will get all the money to buy their 15th mansion. <laughs> For it's right month. now. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, it's this true. Is, it's this, this is go true. time, and particularly, I, I believe the riders in Victoria are as good or better than the, the Sydney riders, which I think is proven by the, the dominance of J Mac up there. Um, they haven't been out travel a lot. They've missed out. Like, they're used to say winning five million dollars a year. They've only won two and a half. They're fucking hungry and thirsty. Mm. Yeah. I think there was a plenty of narrative around Hugh Bowman when Winks was running. You know, like don't back Hugh two weeks before the Cox Plate because he's not pushing out and taking runs. That, you know, punter narrative yep. is what I'm talking about. It's a thing, though. I agree with you, Jack. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Okay. So, yeah, sure. It's human nature. Like, it's like you're not going to – if you're playing golf at a, even at our level or whatever, you're going to be cautious early, and then if you're down late, you're going to be more risky. It's human nature. It's the same thing. There's there's nothing to lose in a Melbourne Cup, but there's everything to lose in a Menzies Stakes. Okie dokie. Uh, next question. Uh, as a recreational $5 punter, I have never had the help of tools like puntingform.com.au. Paying a large subscription fee just makes no sense unless you are actually geared up to bet professionally. My question is, does using Punningform help uncover certain gems that may be hidden when looking at a race without these tools? For example, race six at Mooney Valley last Saturday, do you feel as though he's exceptional was findable for punters who don't use Punningform? And if it was findable, why was it such a large price? Okay. Firstly, that's all relative thinking that's very expensive. It's not. Your your thinking is like saying, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign up to the gym and get a personal trainer until I'm ripped and have big muscles. What? That's just you're backward thinking. You gotta learn the technique. I'm not gonna start I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna buy buy a membership to the local pool until I know how to swim. Like you got to you got to sign up and get a lesson. You got to if you want to get better at something, you got to get get into it. It's an investment in yourself. Plus, I'd also say that even like the the cheapest membership on Punning Form still enables you to access the database of notes. Which for me, if you watch videos, if that's where your edge is, like that's all you need. Hundred percent, and it's it's um yeah. You have to you have to invest in yourself before you. Like, I yeah, wouldn't. You're, um, you're thinking it back. You're thinking it backwards, and um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. While you're thinking, I'll talk. Um, so I don't think I don't think you should um, like think that being a five dollar punter is a, a negative to investing in something like punting form. Um, because you might be a $5 punter across 20 races a week. And when you do the form, you might find yourself being a $25 punter across two races a week. Um, 
and you'll grow your stake, you'll grow your bank and your staking like that. Um, it'll help you have less bets in some instances, and it'll it'll give you more confidence to bet more on in other instances. Um, it, but it's not going to find you like he's exceptional. It's not going to just because you buy a database or whatever. You're no. not going to. I tell you what it does do, and this is the best example that I can give you from most recent uh, form analysis I've done. I watched a race at Bow Desert last whatever week it was. In race three, there was a leader, tearaway leader that led by 10 lengths in a 2,400-metre race. And the narrative around that race was, geez, he's going quick on that. Fucking hell, you know. Um, you go and have a look at punningform.com.au and it says that the horse went actually seven lengths slower than average for class lead time. It's just that the other horses in the field, other jockeys in the field, duh, can't count, didn't realise how slow they were going. So it doesn't, so the database will help you as far as uncovering gems are concerned. It helps you can confirm what your eye saw or um, conversely tell you that what you saw was, what you felt at the time was wrong, um, which like, I think is the gem. That's it's the like, gem. Um, like if, if you want to play golf, just go, I'm shit at golf. Right, and if you are out there watching and want to sort of do a contribute with me, uh, and you're a golf professional who can teach me stuff or help me with equipment, please get in touch. But I'm not going to just because I'm shit at golf operate with a set of like wooden drivers and like fossilized golf clubs that they used in the 70s because I'm shit. You know, I'm I'm just going to try and get the lesson. I'm going to try and use the best balls, get equipment. I'm trying to maybe try and pinch someone's rainfinder. How far out am I, man? Please help me. To, to improve and don't think that as a five dollar punter you you'd be very very surprised by the sound of the, the, the tone of email and how many people in the media are, are probably two dollar fifty punters so there's a there's there's heaps of angles to to, to the game and and that's the the purest form of of the wagering side i think and the the way you can get hooked on it and using something like a punting form lets you build your notes as peter's saying and get uh, build build your skill set and you can have so much enjoyment out of just understanding, a deeper understanding of why you're having your $5 on. And just quickly on his exceptional, the horse is first up uh, after 120 days, so it's less likely to find it off pure data, but you might have been able to use the pricing spreadsheet or pricing worksheet, pricing worksheet, I should have said, to give it a little bonus on the map. So you might have ended up with it as a small overlay, something like that. Mm. Okay. Next question. Hey, Jack, synthetic racing. Why is it shit? What should you look for when pricing synthetic meetings? Can the pattern vary depending on the meeting or is it always fair, which makes it harder to find an edge or bias? Cheers, Johnny. I don't think it's uh, always fair. I think it's a bit shit because it's a little bit harder because if a horse is racing on a synthetic, it basically probably doesn't like a good track. It probably doesn't like a heavy track. It probably doesn't like a soft track. It probably doesn't like a short straight. Like it's just not that good. And it, and there's a lot of them that aren't that good. So there, there's not a big difference between the best horse and the worst horse in a lot of those races. Um, I know Johnny's on board with our stuff. Like we've bet there. We, we look at it and all. We're looking at it all and trying to find bets, but it's just a little bit harder. Um, and it's a lot harder to, to predict the way a track might race. So like I'm really confident with how Caulfield's going to race on Saturday. I, I wouldn't have a clue to how Packenham will race on Friday, which I think is a synthetic meeting. Okay. Uh, let's jump on to the next one. This is from Rosie, uh, the mug punter. What do you think of that? Ayrton in the last. Is it a back or a lay? I'm not a fan of Brisbane form. What do you boys think? I think provided the, the track races like fair to, to even 
wide suited, it'll win and it'll start sort of south of two dollars. Full stop. I'm just I've just taken offence to the I don't like Queensland form statement. <laughs> well, where, where do you want me to start? Well, you could where, start. Where with, do you, you want me you, to start? You could start by saying, "Well, the fucking thing pissed in in Melbourne and then came up here and couldn't win." Yeah. Well, I think the horse is very, very good. I think they think it's even better than good. Um, I think it'll go, it'll go very, very, very good on Saturday. Is she riding it? Don't know. Stand by. Bug, you need to reassess your position on Queensland form, mate. I mean, multiple Queensland horses go to Sydney and dominate those overhyped Sydney horses, and um, they'll continue to do so. Like buffering. J-Car rides. She's and one the Mel- one track Christmas horse, too. The Brisbane Winter Carnival will provide winners during the Spring Carnival. Zaki this will, this, Cox Plate, this, for example. This will be one of them. Ayrton will be another one. Okay. Uh, next question. Out of the mailbag team, who was the best junior footballer and who had the most potential? So I'm going to cut the video here and go for a walk. I'll be back in about 45 minutes, shall I? <laughs> I wasn't very good as a footballer. I'll just say that. Oh, look, I <laughs> the these questions time. that are these these questions that are just off the cuff. Um, there's um, what even is that? I'm not really prepared. <laughs> playing rugby league there? There's little Curly there at Waverley Park, VFL Park, playing for the Demons now. Edgie, <laughs> I think it was mandatory. I was a fucking tough, long-sleeved on-baller, Jack. I was always getting knocked in the head. Uh, that's me there at Waverley Park playing for the Demons. Um, yeah. Um, I never got any better as I got older, unfortunately. I was like an early two-year-old type. Yeah, I reckon Kelly would have been like one of the bigger kids at like 10 and 12 and then... By like 16, there was a few boys who had a fair bit on him in size wise. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I did, I, I claimed to fame, a couple of claims to fame, one of them being I think I played a whole season without getting tackled or making a tackle. <laughs> That's the type of operator I was. Long sleeve wearer, forward. If it, the ball wasn't delivered to me where I didn't have to change joy to market, I wasn't turned around and running back to get it. Just point next time. That I reckon Roden would have been one of the. Well, Scurry would have been pretty like, talented footballers. They're big, big boys. Roden would have been a monster up yeah. until about under 16s as well, for sure. He would have been like a centre half forward who you could have just flicked behind the ear and just like lit the fuse and just let him go. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I wish I was more prepared to answer that question. Okay. Uh, Next question. Hey, Dicko, the Phillies clearly look inferior to the boys, but is hearsay, 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 the exception? Great run under the belt to Gimme Par, Perfect gate and Ollie. Can it turn over the boys in the McNeil? I think it's going to get a better better like opportunity on Saturday than it did the previous. It was certainly a better run than Gimme Par, in my opinion, last start. Um, and looks one of the more progressive, scopey uh, Phillies in Victoria at the moment, definitely. Settle down. Um, how valuable uh, this is from Harley? Uh, how valuable is it to claim below the minimum, and why do trainers put apprentices on that can't claim their full amount? Because they're not right. Um, they wouldn't even know that they couldn't claim their full amount. <laughs> is the answer to that. It's just like racing. It's like yesterday on a on a 
media platform I was watching, there was a maiden winner, and after the race, the commentary was, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of weeks we saw these horses in better races. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, thank you very much. Um, and sometimes, um, look, and sometimes the trainer would know that a horse can't claim, but just want to claim anyway. There's one there, um, speaking of commentary, uh, there's one there in Brisbane on Saturday in race three, Miami Flice. It's got 51 kilos and jockey claims, so a lot at 54. KWT claims three. And in one of the publications, it says this thing looks hard to beat with 51 kilos. The kid rides at 53. Um, so it doesn't, so it likely carries 53, um, not 51, but whatever. I don't know. I, I I've got my own theory on weights. On a leader curls. So like if, if we've got a big weight advantage and then they've claimed three and they're going to claim it all and it's on a leader, I yeah. like it because they, because it's probably going to let the thing go and it's got no weight in this back relative. That's what I like about Miami Flies on Saturday. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you use it, but look, there's. You know, weights, weights, have an apprentice claim that's going to be, you know, back in the back in the ruck with a tricky map is irrelevant to me. I couldn't give a fuck whether it's carrying 57 or 47. Yep. Very nice. From Jed. Question about early betting and track pattern. How do you manage if you've backed a known back market early in the week and Saturday comes around and the track has a mad leader's bias and that horse's chances are near gone? Uh, I, we will have you guys can answer this yourselves we, in Victoria Jack and I will only do that we would have penalised the horse's map like heavily and it would still be a, a good over on our price versus the market um, and, and more likely than not I'd anticipate it would be no disadvantage to settle at the back when I when I made the decision to bet Um, so I've, 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 left, I've left fat in there. I've left fat in there for it to go to shit. Yeah. I would wear it. There's no point getting too carried away of trying to chop out your position or anything silly like that because potentially everyone else has noticed that it's a mad leader's bias and they might overcompensate. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to always get them right. Can't win them all. All right. Uh, how do you guys, this is from Alex, how do you guys handle horses travelling interstate in terms of the direction of races, i.e. clockwise versus anti-clockwise? Do you penalise a horse if they've previously raced in New South Wales but failed at all their anti-clockwise form? Um, that's an interesting question. I, I like horses that have uh, been down the straight specifically, but the Caulfield sort of thing I don't care about that much. Or the Valley thing. I don't love a horse like First Time Valley or First Time Caulfield from anywhere, but I don't hate it. But I'd try and only bet on horses that have proven themselves to enjoy running 1,200 metres in a straight line. Because okay. I don't think many horses do that in their work or anywhere, you know? Like, wherever they're trained, they're always turning. And I think some horses like and some horses don't for whatever reason. Yeah. But in terms of going different directions, clockwise versus anti-clockwise, I must say you don't often encounter it in WA, so it's not really a concern. Yeah, very similar. Very similar here in Queensland. It's um, 
you can get the odd Sydney one come up, but it's not really relevant. Obviously, they run the same way. And, um, it's the same with Perth, isn't it, Pete? Like sometimes those, they mainly seem to come to Victoria. Must be that. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah, I mean, look, it depends on the horse, doesn't it? Some of them are probably capable of being able to change legs, and others aren't. But yeah, case by case basis. So yeah, oh, look, I well, can't Uncle really Bob's say. to my memories only started sending them to New South Wales occasionally for the Grias prize money pop up races. Yeah. Maybe there's something in good, there, Jess. Good horses adapt. Yeah. Shit horses, you make excuses for not being able to adapt. That's probably the uh, that's probably the most sensible answer. Okay, from Josh, given you have had to adapt your Melbourne stuff from predominantly eyes on ponies to more data-driven directions, will you revert back to including more mounting yard when allowed back on course or is this the new setup with the addition of Jacko? Especially as it's been winning. That's from Josh. Um, well, the, the mounting yard, like pure mounting yard was winning as well. Um, yeah. And probably the purest of the mounting yard, which was like the, almost no form, at the very beginning was winning the best. So I'm really excited to, when we can get back with clarity, get my first jab tomorrow. Jackson's already had a jab. Um, and, and getting on into the yard and, and adding that to what we're doing, which is working. So um, I, I'm really, really excited about it, to be honest. And Jackson will be doing most of it. So we'll have Mounting Yard Mail on top of our early stuff. It'll be a combination of both. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, earlier this year when we were allowed on course, we were doing the same thing anyway. We'd already sort of changed the setup with regards to, to how we were pricing everything and the yard just became another factor, which is fine. It means some races you bet more, some races you, you stay out of, but um, it doesn't make too much of a difference from my yeah, point Yeah, there's, ra- there's races where you want it, isn't there, Pete? And there's yeah. races where you don't really need it. And this, this time of year is a really good time. There's there's like, like a lot of fresh horses and second up horses and you start to build a profile on a few of them. And... Yeah. You certainly yeah. get a, a more of an appreciation um, over in Sydney and Melbourne as to the difference between week to week than what you might in some of the other jurisdictions, that's for sure. Um, from Jack, Chugs, uh, is Tariff the moral? Uh, we kind of went through it on the previous show. Will it be suited or hindered by the small field? Where can it get to this spring? I don't know anything about where it might get to. Um, pretty deep in the preparation, like yeah, to get to get to something good. And I'm saying like in a month and a half. So maybe they win on Saturday and have a crack of something better, and then that's probably it, I think. But like I said on the previous show, she's with, she's from the right camp to be able to sustain a preparation. Okay, this is from Punt Club. How do you think Team Hawks are going? Mask Crusader looks immoral off the trials, but price a touch skinny considering the likely map. Uh, completely agree. We'll mark it the same as the market, which doesn't happen very often at that price point. Um, love the trials, concerning the map, but not overly. Just don't want to bet at it or anything else in that race. Okay, okay. And we've got a whisper from... Mike to finish with. Okay, he he thinks that, or he's saying, okay, so Home Affairs is seriously going to make an impact in the spring. The whisper is that Coolmore have asked Uncle Chris if he thinks this horse is up to taking their slot in the Everest. And he told them that he was provided, he got good ground, and also said there that he was the best colt he has had since Zooster. Interesting. Is this from 
This might be Rob Scurry's alias. Yeah, could be. Could could well be. Um, if he's up to taking their slot in the Everest, he should just about win the Rose. He's po- yeah, but, but will the, he be uh... will he be trained for that? Yeah. Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be betting. I wouldn't be doing anything of, um, with that info other than if Waller thinks it can win the Everest, um, that's what it'll be set for. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Was it yes, yes, yes? Did yes, yes, yes run second to bivouac in the rose, etc. Before the yeah, that's he does he does mention that um, he won the golden rose at Zoostar. Yes, 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 finished second in the rose before winning the Everest. He's been given the yes, yes, yes prep with the run to the rose, the kickoff, second up in the golden rose, third up in the Everest. Rob will Rob will have like relentlessly long. He'll talk about this a lot, and it can become quite painful for all of us. <laughs> Cause that he backed this thing like if he wins the Everest because he's backed this thing, you know, two or three times and yeah. lost. And it'll be oh Canterbury fucking made it Canterbury or whatever it was. <laughs> the torment of a punter. Oh, I was right. Oh, and he was right. He yeah. was right. And then he, he finishes off. I told you, the best I'd seen. <laughs> Mike then finishes off with a couple of tips uh, to win the BMW in the Gulf, Dickens. Xander Schuffle. The gold medalist from Turkey, yeah. Yep. Uh, with smaller bets on Webb Simpson, Cameron Tringale, and Billy Horschel. Well, we've got our own golf mail coming um, this weekend, I think. Yeah, we do. So, um, good luck. And uh, may it be a little bit, just a little bit better than last weekend where we were on the, the, the leader for about 68 holes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't need that Tuesday morning either. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, who's the best question? Oh. Oh. Footy, footy question? Got us laughing? What's your nominations, Goss? Quick. That was the funniest. Um, didn't mind why synthetic racing shit. Yeah, I didn't mind that either, actually. Yeah, I liked it. All right, synthetic racing shit. Johnny. Johnny, you win. Johnny, get in touch. Get in touch and let us know if you'd like a uh, a free pack for the weekend. I think Johnny might be on all of them. Not quite sure. Or you want a little bit of merchandise. Obviously, the merchandise will take a sweet time to get to you, uh, but we will get it done. Reach out. And if, don't forget, if you're a golf pro out there and you're looking to uh, create some kind of relationship with uh, the mailbag, please get in touch. Enjoy your week. (laughs) Bye for now. Bye for now. Go, Dees. Bye. (laughs) Go, Swans. Get the Platinum Pack and bet with us every single day.